The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Ed of the Week. There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set. Give yourself a hand or take two. They're small, tiny in fact, teeny tiny. And they're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code CESCA at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm old. I have arthritis in my hips and my feet, and I can't walk down my stairs no more. I tried those stair chair contraptions, but they aggravate my prostrate. I don't know what to do. Don't worry, old-timer. From the makers of the stair chair comes the patented Bill O'Reilly neck lift, the easy electronic way to get up and down the stairs. Oh, I love Bill O'Reilly's television program. Help me get down the stairs, Bill O'Reilly neck lift. Just clamp the durable space-age cervical loop around your neck until it's tight and cozy. And don't forget to click the no escape locking mechanism. And you're all set. Now press the go button on the no spin zone control pad and let the Bill O'Reilly neck lift glide you down the stairs. Amazing! I can't feel my lower extremities no more. F*** you, Bill O'Reilly Necklift. Right you are. I'm medical doctor Jack. I recommend the Bill O'Reilly Necklift to all my patients in exchange for an ample kickback. We've demonstrated how the Bill O'Reilly Necklift can safely carry you down the stairs, but... What if I want to go up the stairs, too? The Bill O'Reilly Necklift does that, too. Oh, my name is Gladys Del Vecchio, and I need help going up the stairs. But I can't afford a fancy stair chair like on the television. What am I to do? Just clamp the durable space-age cervical loop around your neck. And don't forget to click the no-escape locking mechanism. And you're all set. Now press the go button on the no-spin zone control pad and let the Bill O'Reilly neck lift glide you up the stairs. Stupendous. I'm going to sue you until your ass bleeds. It's the Bill O'Reilly neck lift. Order today by calling 1-800-NECK-LIFT and leave off the last T for, hey, MFR, I want more iced tea. Call now. The Bill O'Reilly Necklift is not responsible for catastrophic spinal cord injuries, decapitations, crushed larynxes, broken bones, impacted vertebrae, dislocated skulls, or neck rug burns. Bill O'Reilly, The O'Reilly Factor, The Factor for Kids, and parent company Fox News Channel don't give a shit about you or your stupid neck. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show. Presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob. <laughs> Hello. It is Tuesday, April 4, 2017, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm Bob, and we're brought to you by the best soap in the world. It's BubbleGenius.com. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Get free legal advice at TheBowenLawGroup.com slash Bob and Chez, or just click the link of the podcast page. Go do it now. Right now. All right, uh, God, uh, you know the bucket of show is uh, is full. 
and, and overflowing, and it's dripping all over the place. So let's bring in our very special guest today. He's one of the best guitarists in the world, as well as the genius behind my favorite political website, littlegreenfootballs.com. Please welcome my friend. It is uh, uh, Charles Johnson. <laughs> Applause, applause, applause. Hey, what do you mean one of the best guitarists? Uh, the, I, I stand corrected. It's uh, the, the, the best guitarist in the world. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, holy hell. Yeah, you know, I just looked at, uh, I just looked at a, a video on YouTube of you uh, performing with uh, Al Jarreau. And it was uh, some sort of outdoor concert, and you were back there. It was from the, like the '90s or something. So you were with that guy through uh, pretty pretty close to modern times, right? It wasn't just like the '70s or the '80s that you're playing with this guy and, and a lot of these uh, Stanley Clark and, and so many others. But it was yeah. relatively recent, huh? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was '96, I believe. That was the Newport Jazz Festival. That's and, so great. Uh, yeah, I worked with him all total. For about uh, eight years or so. Yeah, and of course, I'm looking at the video, and I'm completely starstruck. I know that guy, and look, he shreds. He totally shreds. <laughs> that was a fun gig. <laughs> Newport Jazz Festival is a great uh, great venue. So we uh, we officially met Charles back during the, the Snowden affair back in, in 2013, and just, just diving into everything that's going on right now, of course, with the, uh, the, uh, the Trump crisis continuing. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> In what ways, just diving in with both feet, in what ways do you think the Snowden story connects with all of this going on with Trump and Russia, if, if at all? Well, you know, it's interesting. There's kind of echoes of it, you know, in what's going on right now with the Susan Rice nonsense. Yeah. Um, because uh, they're talking about some of the issues that came up with, uh, with the Snowden affair, uh, like the unmasking thing and the yeah. fact that sometimes incidental collection includes the names of U.S. citizens. That's right. And I, I find myself referencing back to all the stuff that we talked about during the, uh, during the Snowden business. Uh, with regards to, yeah, exactly as you're saying, it's like, oh, uh, incidental collection. I remember that being discussed. I remember <laughs> lots, right. of, lots of crap about metadata and email metadata and phone metadata and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and especially the incidental collection. And that's become a thing since, uh, since Trump decided to turn all of that into a conspiracy theory, not, not realizing yeah. that all he has to do is talk to, uh, God, who's the head of the NSA now? Mike Rogers. He could just call, right. out, call out Mike Rogers and Mike Rogers. Uh, what's the deal with incidental collection? Of course, Mike Rogers could say, "Oh, well, that's that's perfectly legal." You you remember Snowden, don't you? <laughs> and of course, <laughs> yeah. But but what does Mike Rogers know? I mean, Fox News is easier to just turn on the TV and you know watch yeah. Fox and Friends. Of course, Steve Ducey is, is far more yeah. credible. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God, that he's still getting his information from Ducey in the box as recently as uh, as a couple of days ago. It's just absolutely staggering this guy the president of the united states is getting all of his national security information from steve ducey and brian kilmeade <laughs> you could say that steve ducey is regularly dropping a deuce in in, uh, trump's, <laughs> in trump's direction i have this theory that when uh when trump bailed out of that uh that uh executive order signing the other day remember he just randomly wandered away and just yeah that was that was kind of uh 
uh, very illustrative, I think, of <laughs> what his uh, mindset is like these days. Yeah, and- he, just, he just delivers some remarks, and then he just randomly wanders out of the Oval Office in front of, like, there's a panel of guests all lined up there, and he just wanders right past them. And they're like, what the f***? And, <laughs> and then- you can tell Mike Pence is, is kind of embarrassed and <laughs> yeah. sort of, he tries to be real casual and sort of saunters over to the desk and picks up the, the documents that Trump failed to sign and right. just kind of walks out with them. And you can see, as Trump is leaving, Pence says something to him. It's like, uh, what about the documents? <laughs> no, you got to sign these things. And, he, and you can kind of see Trump saying, we'll do it in here. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it in here. Because then he finally realizes, oh, I can't run upstairs and watch Fox and Friends because Steve Ducey is doing close-up magic this morning. I've got to do this official business of the government. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it's like, re- that was really interesting. I mean, it also kind of tends to support the theories that some people are are floating that, that Trump is uh, suffering from Alzheimer's. Yeah, I mean, there could be a little bit of that going on. I mean, he do, I saw a video this morning of him talking about, again, going back to, I mean, we have a gas attack in Syria today, and right. Trump and Trump spends a, a good chunk of his remarks relitigating the election results. Again, I mean, we're in April now, and he's still talking about it. And then what he's doing a lot is repeating the same sentences and phrases over and over and over again over and over yeah, yeah yeah forgetting that he's already said that crap well you know if you go back it's really a kind of revealing to go back and look at some of trump's interviews from say you know the 80s yeah like 20 30 years ago and see how he talked then yeah and compare it with how he talks now and it's re- nowadays the guy is um he's very incoherent unfocused uh, yeah. keeps repeating himself uh, doesn't seem to be able to focus on anything longer than a, a sentence, or even <laughs> yeah. less than a sentence in some cases. Yeah, I hate so, to be uh, I hate to be ageist about it, but I've been referring to him as just Grandpa lately. I'm just like, yeah. hey, Grandpa. You know, he'll tweet something, and I'll, of course, we all tweet back at him, and we go, hey, Grandpa, what are you talking about? Yeah, of course, I don't want. You know, it's it's always a bad idea to, to diagnose someone, but yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of the indicators of Alzheimer's, and God. you know, it really is. It's kind of scary to think that we put someone in office who's at the state Ronald Reagan was in in his second term. Oh yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> and 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 in terms of approval ratings where Nixon was in his second term. He's oh, got yeah. he's got Lower. like a second term <laughs> Reagan, second term Nixon all combined into one in the first month. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I mean that's a little, we'll skip ahead to that because I've got lots of other stuff that I want to absolutely get to because I want to circle back to the Snowden material and and uh, and get into Carter Page, which to me is the biggest news story since the uh, the Russia story first broke. But as far as polling goes, IBD uh, tip that poll thirty four fifty six thirty four disapprove fifty six approve. Oh, no, fi- no, no, I'm sorry, thirty four uh, approve fifty six disapprove. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Quinnipiac uh, thirty five fifty seven Gallup thirty nine fifty five Rasmussen, which is Trump's favorite polling outfit because they, of course, are the uh, the more conservative pollster. Uh, forty three fifty seven. He can't even he can't even quote Rasmussen anymore. When Investors Business Daily uh, says your approvals down to thirty four percent, you know, Investors Business Daily is extremely far right. Uh, publication. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this they, is just... I mean, they're farther to the right than Rasmussen, much farther. Yeah, but of course, no one uh, who needs to hear that poll number will actually hear it, because then, you know, Fox News will bury it, and, and Donald Trump certainly won't hear it, because, because <laughs> he only gets his information from Fox News Channel and Fox and Friends. Right, 
you know, it's it's you know they've basically constructed a, an entire alternate universe of of information at this point. It's yeah, you know, if you if you look around the right wing blogs, I mean, they're really they're in an, in a whole different dimension. It's really bizarre. Yeah, it's it and it's it's really terrifying now because uh, the what's happening. And I I want to get into this conversation a little more deeply because there is kind of a breaking news story that I want to get to that that uh, dropped last night from BuzzFeed. I want to talk about this, but but. Before we do that, th- there's this um, there's this level of, of disinformation now that's that's coming not only I think from uh, in certain ways coming from Russia, but I think it's coming from the White House primarily, where they're pushing the deep state uh, uh, conspiracy theory, and then they're also on the left. We're hearing a lot about uh, how um, the whole Russia Gate story is in and of itself a conspiracy theory, and you know the 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 rest of the left, those of us who see this realistically and know what's going on. Need to we need to stop. We need to back off of this story. Which is yeah. just like now it's like the trash compactor from hell. It's like the fucking Trump yeah. and then and then the Greenwald left all sort of attacking at the same time and undermining this. And it gets louder and louder as the as the RussiaGate story gets closer and closer to Donald Trump. Interesting how that's that's working out. But we'll talk about that in just a second. What I want to get to has to do exactly with RussiaGate. It's probably the biggest RussiaGate story since it first broke last summer. And it comes to us from uh, BuzzFeed. This is a massive story. A- apparently, Carter Page met with a Russian intelligence operative named uh, Victor Podobny, who was later right. charged by the U.S. government alongside two others for acting as unregistered agents of a foreign government. These are basically spies. These are Russian spies. And, mm-hmm. and Carter Page met with them and became sort of an unwitting associate known as male one in some of the uh, the transcripts from the US government and and the thing is when uh, when BuzzFeed's uh, Ali Watkins contacted Carter Page for comment Carter Page confirmed the whole thing he admitted to yeah. being the, this male one character who has conversations and there's transcripts of these conversations with these two Russian spies and then there's other conversations between the spies talking about male one who is Carter Page so this basically puts Russiagate into Trump's inner circle at least up until last July August until Carter Page yeah. was no longer with the campaign. And we already know, based on Chris Hayes' interview with Carter Page, which was a hell of a thing to watch, that uh, that Carter Page did meet with uh, uh, Kislyak, the uh, Russian ambassador, at some point around the Republican convention last summer. But he say, he claimed that it wasn't at the convention, but that he did have contact with Kislyak at some point around the same time. So you combine right. these two things, and and Charles, we're we're basically we're now inside the uh, the Trump inner circle and the question now continues to be what did Trump know and when did he know it yeah and uh, there's another interesting point to this and that's that when it first came out that Carter Page was connected to Trump if you recall they flatly denied that he had ever worked with the campaign even though his name was listed on his website yeah 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So, which is interesting to me because, you know, it, it kind of suggests that they had some knowledge that something like this was going to come out. Well, plus there's a there's an audio recording of a, uh, a brief press availability with Trump. Uh, this is about a year ago in which the press is asked, you know, someone in the press asked him about his foreign policy advisors. And he right. listed two people. Is it a top foreign policy advisor? I forget the name of, of that particular person. But the second in command, as far as his foreign policy advisors, he says point blank, and there's audio recording of Trump saying this, it's Carter Page. He says Carter Page, PhD. We know that right. Carter Page was a, a, a Trump advisor up until like midsummer last year. And at the sure. same time, much like Mike Flynn, he's also in deep communication with Russian spies and Russian <laughs> operatives, for God's sake. I mean, right, how much at that time? <laughs> I mean, how much more evidence do you need at this point to to say that this is something that that there is actual fire where the smoke is? I mean, I cannot yeah. believe that people are still in deep, deep denial about the existence of. I mean, the very existence of the story. Trump denies that the story even exists. Yeah. It's all made up by the press because they're trying to cover up the fact that Hillary Clinton lost the election or, or that, something. That's right. It's, it's entirely it's, it's fabricated by the Democrats as a scam to, to to get back at Trump because of the election results. It's such paranoid bullshit. It's really hard to believe. But, you know, I just saw on uh, Twitter a, a report go by that uh, the FBI is planning a sort of a surge on the Russia scandal business, they're they're assigning a special team of of investigators to really uh, wow push hard to get some you know to get some kind of resolution to this. I so. really really hope that's the case because uh, I mean uh, you know to me and I don't know where you're sitting on this. I I think that you and I are pretty much in agreement on all of this, but. Uh, to me, every second that goes by that Donald Trump is still president uh, is is more and more damage. So to me, the yeah. urgency of the Russia story breaking open and, and, and really connecting directly to Trump is is of the highest urgency, I think. You know, he's already he's already done so much damage that it's going to take years to restore a lot of what he's already done yeah yeah you know I, and i'm i you know it's very disturbing even if even if the russia thing wasn't happening <laughs> right you know, just the fact that this this deranged far-right conspiracy theorist weirdo is, is in the <laughs> highest know. office in the country is 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 extremely disturbing and it's you know uh, you know i i tell you i've I've lost a lot of respect for the American public in general since he was elected just because yep. I had always thought that, you know, generally people were fairly smart. You know, obviously there's a lot of idiots. There always are. Mm -hmm. By definition, half the population is under 100 IQ. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's horrifying. But, uh, <laughs> but, but nonetheless, you know, I, I, I always had felt that there was a basic decency about the country. And I'll tell you that. That assumption has been sorely uh, tested. Oh, yeah, the election yeah. of Donald Trump. Well, I, I wrote even back uh, during the summer before he was elected. I said, you know what? This is Donald Trump is the fuck you president. He is the president that that people choose. He is the candidate at the time. There that, you go. That That's people it. choose just to say fuck you to everybody else. And that is absolutely the case. 
That's uh, pretty much what motivates the right wing these days is, you know, just just trying to f- lash out at their enemies. You know, that's really what a lot of they do. What they do is all about what, what's making all of this worse is now this rising tide of of uh, denialism happening on the left with regard to the Russia story. Now, I want to talk about that in depth after we uh, take a short break, talk about uh, Blue Apron, which. Uh, I t- I gotta I gotta thank all of our sponsors because talk about making life easier for me. I mean, not only does Harry's razors make my life easier because now I'm I'm able to get a clean, close shave every damn day, but then also Blue Apron making my life easier because now I can take more time to to follow all this horrendous crap that's going on with Donald Trump. Because Blue Apron sends my meals directly to my door. No no crazy skills required to be able to uh, prepare Blue Apron meals. All I got to do is get their pre-portioned ingredients, mix them all up per the instructions, and I've got an amazing home-cooked meal for a fraction of the cost it would require to, to do it in other ways, at a restaurant or preparing it myself. When I sit down for dinner, I want food that's healthy and fresh, but who can afford to eat at a restaurant every night? or shop at high-priced stores to get fresh, natural ingredients. I've shopped there and wound up wasting so much good food. That's why I like Blue Apron, America's number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service. Blue Apron sends exactly what I need in the right amounts and easy uh, and an easy recipe right to my door. Blue Apron is partnered with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranches across the U.S. Their seafood is certified sustainably sourced. The beef, chicken, and pork are raised responsibly, and the produce comes from regenerative farms. Try, oh my God, check out this menu. Sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrot, and ginger fried rice. Or the pizza with fresh spinach and mozzarella olives and bell pepper. Parmesan crusted chicken with roasted broccoli and creamy fettuccine. Or the paninis with uh, baby broccoli and arugula salad and hard-boiled eggs. Try to get those meals at a restaurant, huh? Or especially grocer for under 10 bucks a person. Ten bu- Under 10 bucks a person, that's amazing. Blue Apron has something for everyone because you can customize your preferences and the new recipes just keep coming so you never get bored. There's no weekly commitment. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals. Three meals for free. They'll even pay for shipping because you listen to this show. Go to blueapron.com slash B-O-B-C. It feels good to make incredible affordable meals at home. When the food and recipes come from Blue Apron, that's blueapron.com slash B-O-B-C. Blue Apron. A uh, better way to cook, huh? The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show. Being beat up and battered around. Okay, welcome back to the show today. Thank you for joining us. The great Charles Johnson is here with us from uh, Little Green Football. I really believe that there's a, uh, I you know, and again, I don't have any real evidence of this. It's... It's more speculation than anything else, but I think there's some sort of connection between what happened with Edward Snowden uh, four years ago, almost four years ago to the day, and uh, what's going on with uh, Russia right now. If if nothing else, then to have a foothold, a toehold into what the United States intelligence community does and how it does it. Um, yeah. If, if only using that as a springboard, right? I mean, because that was that's part of it. I mean, you have to infiltrate uh, uh, the American government at every level and, and know what you're dealing with as far as espionage goes. And so, uh, you know, it's it's God. I think it's a foregone conclusion that Russia, whatever whatever Snowden has in Moscow, Russia has it too. 
And we're never going to know, uh, yeah. you know what kind of information Snowden really gave them. I mean, he's told a lot of different stories about it at this point, and you know, it's it's really a mystery. And you know, all I know is that the the intelligence community was extremely upset. They realized that there was some ex very sensitive information that was given to Russia. Yeah. And who knows how much that information might have helped them? You know, in in their efforts to sway the election. Yeah, well, I mean, look at to this this connection with WikiLeaks. As far as WikiLeaks uh, being the sort of clearinghouse for all of the uh, DNC documents and the John Podesta right. emails, and and basically uh, deeply ensconced in the entire uh, uh, plot by Vladimir Putin. Then you also have WikiLeaks rewinding four years. WikiLeaks lawyers were the people who shuttled uh, Edward Snowden from Hong Kong to Moscow. I mean, yep. You know, Snowden is in Moscow because of WikiLeaks lawyers. That's why he's there. And also because yep. uh, because Vladimir Putin saw him as a uh, useful idiot and an unwitting uh, 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 supplier of, shall we say, lots and lots of documents, lots and lots of information. I mean, yeah, I, there's a, you know, there's a cast of villains here that that, that, that is uh, kind of uh, playing in all these movies at the same time. Well, so that and the, that leads us then to what I believe is the uh, just to put a I don't know, for lack of a better label, the uh, the libertarian left, the uh, uh, the Greenwald crowd and why exactly they're so. Uh, they're so stubborn on the Russia thing, knowing that it, yeah. you know, it has little to do with their own politics. It has everything to do with Donald Trump, for God's sake, and colluding to undermine the uh, the election cycle. I'm seeing them throw around the word Russophobic lately. Russophobic, <laughs> McCarthyism, Red Scare, yeah. all the usual crap to try to undermine the uh, the vast amounts of reporting that's going on. And again, it's not just the New York Times or the Washington Post or you know, some rogue uh, 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 news outlet somewhere. This is absolutely, a, I mean, just about everybody. You got the New York Times, the Washington Post, NBC News, all the way down to ProPublica, for God's sake, reporting yeah. on all of these things. Uh, but, but then you have, I think, the common denominator, which is Edward Snowden, as far as the the left side opposition to the Russia story. So you've got Glenn Greenwald trying to undermine the Russia reporting. There's a story in uh, Deadspin today call, calling uh, people who tweet about uh, RussiaGate the the info wars of the left. I saw that one. That's that's really ugly. Yeah, and then uh, what is uh, Taibbi's latest? It's called Putin derangement yeah. syndrome. I that mean, was kind of disappointing too. I mean, I've yeah. been pretty smart on this up to now. You know, I really didn't expect that from him. I, how is that even possible to? I mean, is it possible to overplay how despotic Putin is? I mean, it just seems like it seems like anything that's being said about Putin right now is pretty much spot on. I mean, there is some yeah. speculation going on, but at the same time, we've got lots of evidence, don't we? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Putin is, you know, he's, he's got a long reputation of being, you know, a, a very, uh, very uh, authoritarian strongman. And he's connected to all kinds of bizarre extremists who, who believe in all kinds of strange end times theories and are promoting, you know, basically war between the Russia and the rest of the West. And, 
It's a, you know, there, there's plenty of bad stuff going on in Russia. It's not, you know, he's not a communist anymore. <laughs> right. So, so he's, he has that going for him. But Well, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing that's driving me nuts is there's uh, certain factions of the left, particularly the, the Greenwald faction, who's just like, well, wait a minute now. I mean, how is it that the liberals are suddenly uh, opposed to, to Soviet Russia? And I'm like, when were the first of all, when was the left ever in favor, in support of Soviet Russia? I don't understand yeah. that. Secondly, Soviet Russia doesn't exist anymore. It's it's a kleptocracy. It's now Vladimir Putin's uh, autocracy in, in Russia. Right. And and on top of all of that, I, I really resent, and, and you and I faced this down quite a bit, I think, uh, to a certain extent, back in 2013, during, again, the, the Snowden story, which is, oh, and all of a sudden, now suddenly you're in, you support the NSA? What's your problem? And, and in response to that, I, I always think, God damn it, what, we're supposed to have the same opinion for our entire lives. We're supposed to look at, look at facts during, like, I don't know, 9-11, and then apply those same sets of facts and those same opinions to everything that's happening in 2013, or 2017, for that matter. Things- yeah, you know, when people accuse me of that sort of thing, my, my response is always, well, you know, I tend to... If I see evidence that contradicts something I've believed, you know, I'll yeah. I'll consider it and I'll even change my opinion if it looks convincing, you know. Exactly. If you don't do that, that makes you an ideologue and a person yep. who cannot ever be swayed by contrary information. Is that what you really want to be? <laughs> That's exactly right. That just drives me up a wall because, I mean, I consider myself, at whatever level, I consider myself somewhat of an intellectual. I like to read. I like to learn new things. And when I learn new new things it sometimes alters my opinion my values more or less remain the same my core values remain the same but at the same time you know my opinions change based on new information and there is a there are volumes and volumes and volumes of new information about vladimir putin and vladimir putin's behavior over the last eight to ten years plus going back to about 2001 2002 and then moving forward in time vladimir putin is one of the most horrendous leaders on the world stage, especially among leaders who are uh, uh, more like I, I guess you could call them Western-ish, um, yes, first world leaders. Uh, and, you know whether it's uh, arresting dissidents, poisoning dissidents. I mean, there's one opposition candidate running against Vladimir Putin in the presidential election coming up in Russia. Who someone ran up and threw like green dye in his face. It's like permanent green dye. There is one. There's a candidate running for uh, president of Russia right now against Vladimir Putin, whose face is almost permanently dyed green because he was attacked um there was another opponent who uh was sent to prison and i think was killed in prison there there are journalists there are dissidents i mean look at the the story of pussy riot go down the list of one one horrendous story after the next in which you can trace it right back to vladimir putin and I've right. been thinking, Charles, since the beginning of this, this Russia story, that even if you took out the DNC, you took out uh, John Podesta's emails, you took out any sort of collusion between Trump and Russia as far as the election cycle goes, um, you still have this entire section of the gigantic iceberg under the surface of the water that's nothing but Trump and Russian oligarchs, links to piles and piles of russian money which since trump has refused to divest since trump has refused to release his tax returns we have to ask ourselves 
this is a violation of the emoluments clause. This is an impeachable offense that Trump continues to do business with Russian oligarchs while he's president of the United States. Oh yeah, allegedly, definitely, and that's not, and that's not even getting into his his uh, you know domestic conflicts of interest, which right. are extremely extensive. Yeah, you know, but but really, the guy has been involved with Russia for a really long time. If you go back and look, even back in the eighties and nineties, he was you know working with Russia on all kinds of projects, you know, wanted to put hotels in Moscow, yep. uh, was was planning to stage Miss Universe there. You know, he was really, you know, there were connections that go way back for this guy. And, um, you know, that's kind of really disturbing part of it to me is, is that he's, it's been so long for this guy. We have no idea what kinds of connections he's built yeah. and how much, you know, how deep he is into their pockets and, and the, them into his. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is... Uh... Uh, is it, the the number of people within Trump's inner circle now that he's president who have <clears throat> direct links to Russian oligarch cash, whether it's yes. Re- Rex Tillerson or Wilbur Ross, to me is one of the most guilty parties in the entire cabal. Wilbur oh, yeah. Ross, I mean, the Secretary of Commerce, I can't underscore this enough, the, the current Secretary of Commerce, for God's sake, was the vice chairman of the Bank of Cyprus, which exactly. it's it's basically like I I don't know what the equivalent would be like it's basically like saying oh yeah uh, uh, Trump's commerce secretary was the right hand man to Bernie Madoff I mean it's that right. level of 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 horrendousness when you say Bank of Cyprus it's the same thing as saying someone like Bernie Madoff or some some nefarious outfit uh, Enron or something like that the Bank of Cyprus is responsible for for laundering billions in uh, Russian oligarch cash. And some of that cash went to Donald Trump when uh, he sold his uh, Palm Springs uh, estate to uh, who was it? The the king of fertilizer, I think. Ribolev, Ribolev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, made yeah. tens of millions of dollars on that sale. So, sold it at a price that was vastly inflated. God only knows if uh, if any of that money was kicked back to the uh, the king of fertilizer. Probably yeah, was. You know, if you you look at all, almost all the people closely connected to Trump have yeah. have amazingly close ties to 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 Putin or to the Kremlin or to Russian oligarchs. I mean, even Rex Tillerson. Rex Tillerson. Yeah. He, he you know he 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 made deals on behalf of Exxon Mobil. Yeah. In, in Russia, <laughs> yeah. you know, and and profited hugely from them and and now he's our secretary of state right you know although he seems to be pretty much an absentee secretary of state you know people yeah. don't even see him these what days. a lump of worthless flesh he turned out to be although he is where's doing- rex <laughs> where's rex exactly yeah, let's do a where is rex where in the world is rex tillerson but then betsy devos <laughs> i mean she's married to the guy Ugh. from blackwater and now we learn that blackwater set up a, a back channel communication about syria with russia i you just like exactly what I mean every day the, this this news story this uh, I mean I, I just I keep referring to it as a uh, Trump crisis because <laughs> that's exactly what it is it's a crisis for God's sake it's something that yeah. it's this slow it's almost as if I, I've been comparing it to like a major event like the beginning of the Gulf War or like 9/11 except this this crisis goes on and on and on and on yeah. I've been calling it the Trump horror. 
<laughs> well, that'll work too. Holy God. Yeah, I mean, because there's so many levels on which things are terrible. <laughs> I mean, it really is bad. You mentioned Betsy DeVos. Yeah. I mean, she's she's basically an outright dominionist, <laughs> which is about the as far to the right as the religious right ever gets. These are people who specifically want to destroy the separation of church and state yeah. and make the U.S. into a into a country that's run by fanatic fundamentalist Christians. Well, as long and, as and, there, as long as that includes plenty of guns in order to ward off the potential grizzlies. Well, you know, I think Jesus would have been in favor of the second amendment, according <laughs> to these people. But, right. But you know, to have someone like that in charge of the department of education. Yeah. <laughs> It's unbelievable. It's just absolutely horrifying. Right. Really so you, even if you stripped away all this other Russia crap, there are still so many things to dive into. It's almost like, you know, it's like watching The uh, the Hangover, that movie The Hangover, where there's just yeah. one crisis after another. And even if you get rid of the tiger, you still have to deal with the Chinese man in the trunk and all of the other <laughs> crap that's in the hotel room. It's like it's like one of those things. There's just the, the list is so goddamn long. But now, now yeah. we have uh, Egypt in the middle. This guy, President Sisi, who's now Trump's best buddy in in the Middle right. East, even though he's he's responsible for a, a coup and a military takeover of of Egypt. Uh, right, Obama wouldn't even meet with him because he's right. such a you know such a ridiculous authoritarian uh, brute. Right. This guy, I mean, Trump can't stop praising this guy, whether it's on Twitter or elsewhere. Sisi, he, he, he uh, orchestrated this military takeover. He oversaw a vicious security operation. This is from the New York Times, in which hundreds of protesters were gunned down in the streets of Cairo. He's right. cemented his authority by filling prisons with his opponents while strangling the free press. After the first meeting in uh, September on the sidelines of the United Nations General Assembly, when Mr. Trump was running for president, he hailed Mr. C as quote-unquote fantastic guy says fantastic guy and spoke yeah. admirably of his iron-fisted methods uh quote he took control of this is trump he took control of egypt and he really took control of it <laughs> he really took control oh, of it mr boy. trump said in an interview with fox business network Yet he was preparing to meet mr trump on monday uh, a court in cairo sentenced 17 people this is today or he met, uh, uh, they met together uh, yesterday. While that was going on, a court in Cairo sentenced 17 people to jail terms of five years each for taking part in street protests in January of 2015. <laughs> yeah, well, Trump has always had a, an attraction for authoritarians and dictators. You know? Yeah. I mean, this guy... He, he, uh, he, he praised Saddam Hussein, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and of course, the, the, the president of Turkey, President Erdogan, who I think is, uh, is basically the proto-Trump. I think the uh, this whole deep state thing that uh, the White House is beginning to peddle uh, as being an excuse, as being a sideline from the Russia story, as a way to distract from the Russia story, I think that's all about um, kind of fomenting, uh, in their minds, a coup attempt by yeah. the intelligence community as an excuse, as a pretext to crack down and to start arresting people. I, I, I firmly believe that they're trying to set that up. They're trying to use the deep state as a... Uh, as a uh, as a proxy coup attempt, or as a uh, yeah. as some kind of it's, oh they're against us and we we need to start cracking skulls. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really kind of scary to think what a guy who's so attracted to dictators yeah. might do as his administration continues to collapse. I mean, what happens if 
absolute proof comes out tying him to Russia, to, to Vladimir Putin directly. Yeah. Yep. You know, then what happens? What does he do? Yeah. Do you think he'll think he'll step down voluntarily? I don't. No you know, way. I think Not a chance in hell. He's, he's going to fight like crazy. And, and who knows? I mean, he's so irrational and so bizarre person, such a bizarre person. Who knows what kind of measures he'll take at that point? He yeah. You know, he he may even call on the military to to start, you know, yeah, busting you know. down on protests. And if you really could, it's very frightening to think of the possibilities here because I know this guy is never going to voluntarily leave office. I mean, we've got boots on the ground now in Syria. We've got more boots on the ground now in Iraq uh, uh, right. because of Trump. Uh, we've got uh, a, a potential war heating up against North Korea. Uh, yep. Where North Korea is making uh, uh, roundabout threats, if not direct threats, which uh, yep. you know, I, I'm I'm absolutely convinced that Donald Trump is going to respond some way to North Korea at some point, and it's just to me, there's like this other shoe that's getting ready to drop, and it's a military shoe, perhaps a terrorist attack shoe. I'm not saying that Trump is going to orchestrate one, but he'll certainly use a terrorist attack as a pretext to to go to war against X, Y, or Z. Um, yeah. It's, it's just a matter of time. And, and to me, I've got to, as I'm analyzing everything that's going wrong with the, the Trump campaign and looking, or not the Trump campaign, but the Trump White House, plus looking at their poll numbers, I, I keep tempering myself by going, yeah, but God, it's only a matter of time before some war or conflict or some major terrorist attack happens. That, mm-hmm. and, and, you exactly. Know, I, I mean, based on what we've been hearing from North Korea, I don't know how you feel about this, Charles, but I, I can't help but think that at some point we're going to see a mushroom cloud. I, it may be in the form of uh, just a test, like Trump says, ah, ah screw these, uh, these, uh, these test ban treaties. I'm just going to pop one off in the South Pacific just to show our muscle. Something like that, um, you know, yeah. or, you know, maybe uh, maybe North Korea conducts a successful test, an above-ground test somehow. Uh, who knows? But to me... This is all part of this ongoing instability that that Trump is is fostering, and it's just. And on that point, he's you know he has already uh, shown a, an extremely cavalier uh, attitude toward nuclear weapons. You know, like yeah. why do we have them if we're not ever going to use them? Kind of. Yeah. That's 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 his opinion, and you know the guy is attracted to nuclear weapons. I think to him, it's like, you know, if you look at the, look at the world from Trump's viewpoint. For him, it's a matter of domination. Everything is about domination. He wants to dominate his enemies. He doesn't just want to win things. Yeah. He wants to rub his enemy's face in it. And and if you think about uh, what what the military has available to it, the nuclear weapons are basically the ultimate weapon. And that's you know that's the strongest thing he has to use against his enemies. And I, you know, to me, this is one of the most terrifying things about the Trump horror. Yeah, <laughs> is that, yeah. Is is this possibility that before he leaves office, there are going to be nukes going off somewhere? Yeah. So you agree? I mean, I, it's not. I'm not the only one sort of seeing oh, no. this horrendous. You're not the only game. one. I'm I'm terrified about this. I mean, yeah. You know, because he 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 seems to have almost no understanding at all of what it would mean yeah. to start a nuclear war that's it to him it's just it's just he just wants to dominate his enemies and hey he has this great weapon so why the hell not use it exactly he <laughs> and that's just it he he lacks the uh 
the knowledge, the discipline, he lacks the restraint that is required of the president to say, you know what, these weapons, these are a great deterrent. We can never, ever use them. He thinks like, yeah, why not? We got them. Why don't we use them? Right. You know, and the real problem is that there is absolutely no restriction on the president ordering a nuclear attack. Yeah. I mean, he could do it. He can do it in five minutes and no one can stop him. No oversight whatsoever. Right. And I know there are a lot of acolytes, a lot of fans of uh, Mad Dog Mattis and H.R. Uh, McMaster think, well, these guys, these are smart guys. These guys have restraint. They're, they'll stop Trump from doing something crazy. Yeah, bullshit. I mean, already Donald Trump has uh, forced uh, this guy, one of these guys uh, who were involved in the leak to uh, Nunes, to remain on the National Security Council. I, f- I get his name is C- like Cohen Nudnik or something like that. I forget the guy's name. Right. It's like Aaron. Right. Aaron Cohen Watnick. Cohen or, dash something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, know, I know who you're talking about. And, yeah, uh, he's uh, you know, and the thing is, he, you know, there are a lot of military people who see him increasing the budget completely out of proportion to what they need. Yeah. You know, and that, that pleases a lot of these guys. It means they suddenly have all kinds of money to work with that they didn't have before. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know, the thing is that, that HR McMaster wanted this guy fired after Flynn left after Flynn uh, was fired. And, right. and Trump said, no, you got to you got to keep uh, Cohen Nudnik on the payroll. He's got to stay on the National Security Council. And HR That's McMaster right. said, OK, Mr. President. <laughs> so there's no yeah. there's no chance that uh, McMaster is, is ever possibly going to stand up to Donald Trump and, and actually be successful in that endeavor. And it's not even just the military. I think ProPublica had a report recently about uh, Trump putting people loyal to him inside all government agencies they oh they actually identified like 400 people wow. who had been placed in various agencies who are hardcore trump loyalists who yep. will do whatever he wants spy on people report people for doing things that they don't like you know it's it's the guy is he's basically turning our our government into a, you know, a private fiefdom. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's just getting a bunch of uh, rubber stamps in there to do, you know, so he can get away with doing whatever the hell he wants. Certainly, so he can get away with the Russia thing. He's just get, surrounding himself with loyalists and family members, which is so sure thing. So third world strongmanish of him. I mean, he just he can't. He can't stop doing it. That that's that's his whole thing now. We got to uh, yeah. got to take one last break, and we'll come back. And uh, I got to talk about uh, Alex Jones <laughs> right, right after <laughs> right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This is 
the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Ah, the last segment of today's show is brought to you by the BobSeska.com Amazon link. If you want to go shopping at Amazon.com, go there via our link. It's just beneath the logo at BobSeska.com, and we get a small commission from everything you buy. Costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. Thank you for doing that. We're on a new month, so it's a new quota, so get shopping. Go shopping right now while you're listening to the show. Okay, so I want to play this Alex Jones audio uh, before we move any further, because this is uh, this is one of the most remarkable bits of Alex Jones audio that I've ever heard. He decides to... Well, have you, have He's you always seen? a treat. I, I love <laughs> Alex Jones. No, I know. And this is, Charles, this is a case where he goes off on this homophobic rant uh, uh, alleging that Adam Schiff, Congressman Adam Schiff, is gay and and just oh boy. lays it. I mean, I thought Alex Jones was being broadcast, uh, clearly not being broadcast over the air uh, because he wouldn't have been able to get away with this particular. This is Alex Jones on 11. Here we go. I'm not against gay people. Okay. I love them. They're great folks. But Schiff looks like. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not against gay people. <laughs> but. I'm not against gay people. Okay. I love them. They're great folks. But Schiff looks like the archetype, archetypal <laughs> sucker. Oh my God. Little deer in the headlight <laughs> eyes. And there's something about this fairy hopping around, bossing everybody around, trying to intimidate people like me and you. I want to tell Congressman Schiff and all the rest of them, hey, listen, <laughs> quit saying Roger and I, and I, mean, I never used cussing in 22 years, but uh, the gloves are off. Listen, you son oh, of a bitch. Man. Oh my God. What the f***'s your problem? You want to sit here what? and say that I'm a goddamn f***ing Russian? <laughs> you get in my face with that, I'll beat your goddamn ass, you son of a bitch. You piece oh. of You f***ing goddamn yeah. f***er. Listen, oh my God. you have f***ing crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn f***ing head. <laughs> Stop pushing your <laughs> You're the people that have f***ed this country over and gang raped out of it and lost an election. So stop shooting your mouth off claiming I'm the enemy. You got that, you goddamn son of a bitch? Fill your hand. I'm sorry, but I'm done. You start calling me a foreign agent. Those are fucking fighting words. Excuse me. Oh. Wow. Whoa. Oh, oh my man. God. That is uh <laughs> You know what? That gets a bit of a round of applause, I think. Um, not that I uh Jeez. not that I think what he said was great, but holy God. Yeah, he went off, boy. Yeah, <laughs> do not ever call Alex Jones a foreign agent. Apparently, that's a lesson from that one. But oh God damn it, I mean, throw, I mean, he said, I think he said every single one of the seven deadly words in there at some point. <laughs> yeah. He got to most of them. Is Jesus he still Christ. on on radio? That, I mean, <laughs> that's my question. I'm like, how could that possibly have ever been broadcast? Yeah. I mean, I want to do an impression of it, but then I'm going to spend the next five hours bleeping my own show. I've Where already got to bleep. Where did you get that from? Was that from YouTube? Or yeah, this is a video. From? This is brand new. I saw this. Uh, this was tweeted out today. This is a brand new bit of video from, from oh Alex Jones God. going off on Adam Schiff. Jeez. Calling him a, a CSer, for God's sake. A CSer. <laughs> Jesus. That's not, he's not pulling any punches on that one. No, that was uh, that was unusual. <laughs> yeah, I mean Alex Jones. Alex Jones is already like uh, like deep vein thrombosis with a mouth, but now he's added the extra layer of obscenities, which I don't know. It, it makes it a little more entertaining for me because I'm like, oh yeah. God, I, Jesus, don't hold back, Alex. <laughs> I have no I idea where that you know, came from. 
it's like the last the last uh, <laughs> the last Rubicon for Alex to cross. Yeah, and open obscenities. Even Andrew Breitbart uh, started doing that toward the end of his life. He yeah, but openly using obscenities. Maybe this <laughs> maybe is, it's the final collapse. Yeah, you know? maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. And and I think we're reaching that point. We've stepped. I think we've broken through a rock layer and crossed into this new territory where I think the pushback against Russia and everything is is amped up. It's now we're now at a new level with the pushback because it's not only coming from Alex Jones and Donald Trump and the left for that matter, but it's it there's it it's starting to now seep in because of the the Susan Rice story which right now is giving uh, some more uh, I guess to put it this way some less illegitimate people a platform to to say well maybe there's this that maybe T- Donald Trump was right when he said Obama wiretapped him Oh, man. And I, I know it was on uh, Morning Joe this morning. They were like, oh, my God, Susan Rice, what the hell? And, of course, I know. you ask anybody, uh, Charles, in the intelligence community, the, the process of unmasking, and it was certainly within uh, Susan Rice's purview as, as National Security Advisor to, uh, to unmask those names when you're pursuing a crime and you want to find out right if this person if these names that are redacted are actually interacting with criminals about to commit a crime right or even if if even if there's no crime if you need to know that name to figure out the relevance of a particular thing you're looking at like yeah susan rice was on nbc this morning and she she brought up an issue of say you're say you intercept a conversation between two people in a foreign country who are mm. talking about they've had communications with an American about supplying them with bomb making materials. Yeah. And the American name is redacted in the report. Right. Well, you know, you want to know that name because this could just be some guy in his basement, you know, who doesn't have access to bomb making materials and is just you know, trolling or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Or it could be somebody who's who's connected to a fertilizer company or someone who's who's actually in a position to do something <laughs> like that. So, I mean, that's where you really need to have that name. And and she made that case really well. Yeah. I mean, it's really good. I posted the video at at Little Green Footballs. I recommend people check it out because Susan Rice. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's been demonized by the right wing for years. She's their favorite boogie woman. Yeah, exactly. At this point, you know, she's the demon of Benghazi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's, so, and still on top of all of that, there's no evidence that either she or Barack Obama ordered Donald Trump to be wiretapped. Now, the whole uh, uh, rabbit hole of Donald Trump's tweets and what what he had quotes around and what he didn't have quotes around. It is just so maddening and so infuriating. And, and what, what is obvious in all of this is that what the White House staff does, what Trump's people are responsible for, is that every time he says something or tweets something outrageous, they have to go and they have to reverse engineer all of it. So right. it, he tweets something about how, uh, tweets four things, in fact, about how Obama wiretapped him. Okay, Then his staff has to scurry around to try to prove that, even though he said he had proof based on what he heard uh, Mark Levin say. <laughs> and, exactly. And, and then, so that's why you have these three guys inside the White White House, who instead of taking this information about incidental collection directly to uh, directly to Trump himself or directly to uh, Reince Priebus, who would then take it to Trump, instead they take it to Devin Nunes and then ask Devin Nunes to take 
two cars. Devin Nunes changed cars on his journey up Pennsylvania Avenue from the Capitol, from Capitol Hill up to the White House. Changed yeah. cars like Bob yep. Woodward in All the President's Men. Yep. And then went it's, to the White House to tell the White House what the White House already knew. It's which, just fucking unbelievable, if you ask me. I, I know. mean, this is this is crazy stuff. It and, really is. You know, and, and and Nunes, of course, was on Trump's transition team. So, yep. you know, there's a little <laughs> bit of a connection there. But I mean, what if this I mean, here's a theory that I had, and it doesn't necessarily spell out uh, any sort of nefarious activity, but what it does spell out is a White House that is frantic to appease the old man. Okay, we have this information, but the old man will never accept it from us, so we need to take it to him from an outside source, so then he'll believe it, like Devin Nunes. Yeah, so we, or Steve Ducey. Or Steve Ducey, <laughs> yes. I mean, why didn't they just tell Steve Ducey, and then, because we know they already have a strategy of it, we want Trump to listen to anything, we put it on TV. Right. <laughs> Good God! Yeah. What, what sort of threshold? I mean, can you, at some point... Yeah. Could you ever Trump possibly said something crazy? Quick, get Ducey on this. Yeah, Jesus Christ! But I mean, overall, I never imagined, and I was predicting some pretty horrible things if Trump became president during the campaign. I never imagined that it was going to be this fucked up. Oh, it's it's insane. It yeah. really is, and it, you know, and it basically, his people are tasked with uh, whenever he says something that's completely bizarre and insane. They have to try to find some way to justify it, even if it's just a complete reach. Yeah, exactly. And they and they do. That's what they do. It's really amazing. When I watch Sean Spicer give his press conferences, I'm literally, I, you know, I, I have to stop myself from throwing something at the monitor. Oh yeah, it's yeah. So disturbing to this watch my, this. My Sean Spicer music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then that's a whole other story. I mean, they've. They've completely given up on trying to be delicate with the way they communicate with the press. I mean, in past administrations, they were always very measured, especially during the Obama years. But they, the, yeah. the Trump people, they're just like, "Fuck you! We're going we're to say whatever we need to say. Just yeah, deny we're anything. Say what we need to say, and we're going to pack the White House press room with with <laughs> right wing idiots, and and you won't be able to say anything about it. You know, before so, we there uh, you go. before we wrap up and then get into the uh, the post mortem show for our Patreon subscribers, I wanted to mention this just for the sake of, of of suggesting that we're not completely distracted by the Russia story. We do have the ability to walk and chew gum at the same time. The White House is now negotiating with the Freedom Caucus <laughs> on health care. Right. Health care Here again. we go again. And this, this time, they're plotting to kill the essential health benefits, the thing that most people love about Obamacare. Right. They want well, to kill is it. What, you know, this is what the Freedom Caucus wants. For their objection to Trump's uh, Trump care was never that it was, uh, you know, too harsh. They thought it needed to be a lot harsher than it was. Jesus Christ! That's why they were opposed to it. That's why they wouldn't vote for it. It's it had nothing to do with helping people. They want to take things away. Yep, absolutely. And this is, uh, according to Talking Point's memo, according to House members who have met with the White House officials, the idea would be to permit states to waive out of the ACA's essential health benefit mandates and its community rating standards if the states present a program that will lower premiums or increase coverage. So this is like they're going to add God. something into the mix where states can just go, hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to opt out of the essential health benefits, so you're you're kind of screwed. But of course, Ugh. 
This would allow insurers to uh, completely price sick people out of their insurance because even though they're going to keep, as part of this White House proposal to the Freedom Caucus, they're going to keep the uh, ban on discriminating based on pre-existing conditions. They're going to keep that pre-existing condition language in the law. But it's going to be rendered completely useless because if you get rid of the community ratings insurers would be able to just simply jack up premiums for people with pre-existing conditions. That's <laughs> you know? such a typical Republican move to do that. Yep. You know, to, to, with one hand give and the other hand take away, you know, yeah. and hopefully you, you'll only see that the, the language about pre-existing conditions is still in there and you won't even make that connection that it doesn't matter because states can opt out. Oh my God. You know, it's really, it's a, it's a really terrible situation. Yeah. You know, if they keep coming back with this you know eventually they're going to get it through <laughs> that's what scares me yeah i mean i don't know i don't know where this goes i mean because everyone was thinking oh well, this is dead but of course donald trump doesn't give a rip about tradition or politics or anything so of course he's going to uh try to uh, 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 revive this thing, to, to give it a, you know, one of those defibrillator machines and just try to pump life back into it. it somehow it's well, going to... Because it was humiliating to him, too, and he hates being humiliated. Oh, yeah. God damn it. He's just, that's just it. He just, he can't, he can't stand losing, so he's just going to keep uh, f***ing that chicken. That's basically yep. what he's going to do. Okay, uh, the uh, post-mortem show is coming up next for our Patreon subscribers. This is patreon.com slash Chez. Sign up now. We're just going to keep talking after this music uh, finishes playing. Talking with Charles Johnson today. Charles, uh, where can people find you on the internet? Well, on Twitter, I am green underscore footballs. Mm-hmm. And I am on uh, on the internet in my website at littlegreenfootballs.com. All one is. word, Little Green Footballs. All right, so the uh, post-mortem show is next. Thank you, Charles, for sitting in today. Really, really appreciate it. We're going to have you on again uh, really, really soon. And uh, You bet, Ed. And, Bob, before we go any further, I just... I haven't spoken to you since all that stuff with Chez happened. I just wanted to say, you know... My condolences, and I'm really sorry to hear about all that. Oh, thank you so much, my friend. Really, really appreciate it. All right. Postmortem is next. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. (laughs) 